Good evening or good morning or good afternoon. Well, it's morning time. No, I'm sorry. It is afternoon time. Well, how about that for an intro, ladies and gentlemen, as it's been afternoon here in the Eastern time zone for 97 minutes. Yes, only 97 after we set the clocks back an hour. How about that? So hello is what we should be saying. Hello and welcome in to the Just for Kicks podcast. I am Matthew Klingenberger. I'm riding solo today. We're going to keep things going, though, with the episodes, and I know that uh, we'll be back to full strength with our crew, or at least uh, I'll be accompanied, be given us a little more company here in the not-too-distant future. And speaking of our episodes, uh, I want to apologize for the relative prolonged inactivity. Certainly, it is good to be back, and I will be keeping a more consistent schedule because I hope, I really hope that you guys have liked our episodes thus far. We're going to keep it rolling because I think I said in a previous episode, the soccer world, it just doesn't stop spinning on its axis. It hasn't yet. And I'm going to go ahead and assume that it probably won't ever. And it's weird because here locally, soccer season's done. And we're, we're going to kind of give a little recap on some of that here in a moment. But boy, are things... In the world of football, Fuchibola, are they spinning faster than ever? It's almost a dizzying display because, ladies and gentlemen, we're counting down the days. Today is the 10th of November as I record this. T minus 10 days. I wasn't a math major at Ball State University, but I at least can do some basic addition and subtraction. I believe T minus 10 days. Until FIFA World Cup 2022 commences. It is Ecuador taking on Qatar in the opening match. And then after that, we're going we're gonna to watch that game. Two hours. It's probably not going to go any longer since it's group stage. No extra time. We're going to watch that game. We're going to then, because I believe it's on a Sunday, watch the remainder of NFL. We're going to digest what we just saw. We're going to go to bed. We're going to wake up and we're going to realize that after eight and a half Long, arduous, laborious years, frustrating years, the United States men's national team are going to be playing in the FIFA World Cup. That is on November the 21st. World Cup starts the 20th. Day two, there's a full slate of action. And the U.S. kicks off, I believe, in the nightcap. Uh, at least there locally. It's about 2 p.m. kickoff. We'll talk a little bit more about that. We got so much more coming up on the World Cup, but I wanted to talk a lot about it today because just yesterday, again, recording this Thursday the 10th, Wednesday the 9th, just yesterday at an event hosted by U.S. Soccer in Brooklyn, broadcast uh, on ESPN, Greg Berhalter names his 26-man roster to go to the World Cup. I'll share my thoughts on that. Mostly not surprising in terms of who was in the group and a few surprises who was left out and one major, major surprise about who was left out. We'll talk a little bit more about that here in a little bit. Uh, No interview today, just going here as it is. We're going to have more guests joining. I have a few, uh, few leads potentially in the works here as far as guests and Uh, Hopefully for future episodes, they'll be able to come on because we have a whole bunch of people that want to chime in. At least I believe. I believe we have people that want to chime in. 
and give us their thoughts on on issues surrounding the beautiful game, both locally and and maybe not so much in our specific sphere. But that is what we have going on, ladies and gentlemen. Again, we're also going to talk about, here in just a little bit, wrap up the seasons for the Chicago-based teams. Fire and Red Stars, not exactly the ending to the seasons that they were envisioning. But we'll talk a little more about that here in just a little bit. I mentioned the World Cup, right? Speaking of the World Cup, talked a little about that game coming up for the United States against Wales. Fort Wayne FC. We talk about them a lot on the show, and with good reason. They are our club. They're a local team, and we wear that badge with pride. Fort Wayne FC, they've done a lot in the community, and it's it's essential because it allows them to expand the club's image, allows them to get out there more, and allows them to show a little bit more about who they are and to connect to the community, be a little, a little bit more visible. Well, they're going to have an opportunity coming up, an event that I think a lot of people are really going to enjoy because it's going to... It's going to tie everything together here. It's going to tie everything together like I've been talking about. With the World Cup just now a little over a week away, we're, we're, we're talking literal days. You can hear the excitement in my voice. I hope I hope it's conveying to you. Fort Wayne FC is going to do a little, I don't know if you'd say promotional event or events, plural. It's a series and... Hopefully, hopefully we can wind up having seven of these by the time December 18th rolls around. Fort Wayne FC, ladies and gentlemen, is going to host viewing parties for at least all the matches for the United States through the group stage. So, right now, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to want this information. Get, get, I, I mean, I, I, all these Just for Kicks episodes I have on notes. I've got a pen here. You may want a pencil just in case you know you... You, you mess something up or the, the hand slips because you're writing and get get a writing utensil and a paper or your your notes for your phone because I'm telling you you're you're not gonna want to miss this okay you're gonna want the information here ladies and gentlemen boys and girls the main event is just about upon us November 21st November the 21st at 2 p.m. At Landing Beer Company. It's downtown. It's by the Landing. If you've never been out to the Landing before, I know that obviously they've done a whole bunch of work in that area with the Landing, with Promenade Park. It's a gorgeous area. I went down there to vote, and I hope you all voted. Hope you all took that seriously. I was voting at the Rousseau Center, not too far away from there, and the other night went for a little stroll at Promenade Park. Outstanding area. You know what I thought? Okay, maybe I didn't think this right at the moment, but what I almost certainly would have thought if my mind wasn't elsewhere, this would be a great place to watch a World Cup soccer match. You're going to get that opportunity, ladies and gentlemen, courtesy of Fort Wayne FC. So, November 21st at 2 p.m., Landing Beer Company in downtown Fort Wayne, you can watch the match against Wales with other U.S. fans. But surely that's the extent of it, right? Surely? Nope. Because November 25th, isn't this the one we've had circled since April? Don't want to overlook Wales. Wales are a very good team. Gareth Bale, by the way, scored the winner or scored the uh, goal that sent it to uh, to penalties. 
in the MLS Cup Final. If he's in form, he's dangerous. But isn't this the one we circled? November 25th, Black Friday. You don't need to go stand in line at Best Buy, at Walmart. You don't need to go do online shopping. It's, it's like your patriotic duty, I think. At 2 p.m. To watch the United States take on England. They're overlooking us big time. Ladies and gentlemen, they've said that this is an easy group over there. They've said it's an easy group, the Three Lions. So, hopefully, the U.S. can maybe prove that it's not so easy after all. But if you want a good place to watch that, well, might I suggest Hop River Brewing. Hop River Brewing, 2 p.m., November the 25th. A lot of you are off work anyway. There's no school anyway. And for those of you that, that do have to work, managers, store owners, look, th there's, a, there's a couple of times a year where you can forgive somebody for being on their phone at work, in my opinion. So just, th that's one of those days. But if you are available, 2 p.m., just a stone's throw away, to the north, that is, from downtown in, in Headwaters Park, right by uh, right by Lawton Park, actually. Hop River Brewing. Be there. If you can be there, be there. Because there's going to be other U.S. fans there. I'm sure everybody's going to be decked out in the red, white, and blue, which hopefully I can talk a little bit more about this on the next episode of the podcast, but I, I do have a... I indulged myself about, about a month or so ago and scheduled to be arriving here tomorrow. Knock on wood. It's a little bit of extra red, white, and blue myself. Maybe a little bit of a tease for the next episode. And then the final match of the group stage, November the 29th. It's the United States against Iran. And I'll share my thoughts uh, on this next episode about what, 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 what I feel like the U.S. are going to have to do to qualify uh, out of the group stages. But you don't want to over... Iran's the last team you can overlook. They are a disciplined team. They're very good. Very very sound. Very, very fundamental in the way that they defend. And they can hit you out of nowhere on the attack. They were very impressive in Asian qualifying. That game can be seen once again back on the landing. Back at Landing Beer Company. 2 p.m. You're not going to want to miss it. I mean, I... I don't even think I necessarily give a lot of endorsements on the uh, on this podcast as it stands. So what does this tell you? Be there. Be there because, ladies and gentlemen, even though the next World Cup, being here on American soil is going to be awfully special. That's three and a half years away. Three and a half years. So let's milk every part of this we possibly can and why not why not have an opportunity to get down there and be amongst your fellow fans so again 2 p.m november the 21st for the match against wales landing beer company november 25th 2 p.m uh, uh hop river brewing and then back at landing beer november 29th for the match against iran in between the match against england sandwiched in those in between those two games and that's going to be put on by fort wayne fc Mark your calendars, folks, because World Cup 2022, it's almost here. But of course, we do have to look at what this means for the club. Right? Talk about an opportunity. 
This is an opportunity to bring fans together. And it's that togetherness, all right? Like, we're divided right now. We know that. We're just coming off of, uh, of an election cycle that probably proved that a little bit further. This is a chance for people to come together, and I'm really happy that the club is doing this. And also, you look at the locations, very central, very centralized. And hopefully now, that will allow more people to get down there. More people even who work in the area or live in the area to, to be able to go there. Chance for you to connect and be a part of that. You're not going to want to miss it. That's a great thing I think Fort Wayne FC is putting on. It's going to be a chance for them also to get their name out there more in this community. The club's growing. And we're going to continue to be there for it. So that's what we're looking at there. But I do also want to spotlight another local story real quick. How about a local talent excelling at the next level? Homestead graduate Amelia White. She has been named to the Big Ten All-Freshman team. She's playing at Penn State. She's a Nittany Lion up there in State College, University Park, Happy Valley. It's about 16 different things. But she is a Nittany Lion who is on the All-Big Ten freshman team this season. As I turn my page, got to get my notes up here. Like I said, I... I, I I do know it's I don't I don't come into this blindly. So so that's that's that noise that you hear there. So I apologize for that part. Ladies and gentlemen, this is this is not just done from scratch. No, no, no. But congratulations to Amelia White. She had a decorated career at Homestead, uh, won a state championship her senior year, has gone on to do big things with Penn State as well. I know they had a fantastic season, and who knows? We could perhaps see her representing the U.S. women's national team one day down the road. And we're going to talk a lot, a lot more about the U.S. women here as they gear up. They've got a big match this week against Germany that's it's going ahead in spite of the hurricane down there. And obviously, while we're on the topic, hopefully everybody has taken their precautions down there. Hopefully down there, everybody is okay. Um, obviously, heartbreaking scenes and a lot of the news and, and praying for all of those impacted. The U.S. women, though, is, is it's not easy to, to change gears after that. So, um, But if we, if we are to stick to a sporting context, the U.S. women will be playing Germany. It's going to be in Miami. We're going to be talking a lot, about, a lot about them as they gear up for the Women's World Cup this upcoming summer, 2023, in Australia and New Zealand. But we do need to wrap up, put a bow before we do our Christmas shopping all of our holiday shopping before we do any of that and, you know, wrap up the presents and stick the bows on top of them. We need to put a bow on this domestic soccer season here in the United States In the European season. They're getting ready in the next few days to come to their first ever world cup break needed to happen sooner, but I digress. And to be honest, the planning of this is, Shameful, at best. And maybe there's going to be more of a time to talk about that with this World Cup as well, but it should have been stopped sooner. European play, but at least MLS players will be coming in fresh, which isn't normally the case, believe it or not, as usually the World Cup is in the summer, right in the middle of their season. The Chicago Fire, right? 
The Chicago Fire, as we put a cap on their season, they started the year well. Unfortunately, so did most of the Eastern Conference and MLS. They improved a lot this year. Unfortunately, so did most of the East. And that's where we start with them. And that's pretty much how we're going to keep it with them. Out of their first 12 available points, the Fire grabbed 8th. And with a couple road games involved in there, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good ratio. But from there, it just went horribly wrong. But ironically, as we're talking more so about how they fared in MLS this season, it's how they did, how poorly they did, in another competition that I think was largely the turning point of their season. After that hot start, they had a third-round game in the U.S. Open Cup against Union Omaha. They are a USL League One team, so second division if you want to look at it like that in American soccer. And the Fire lost on penalties. It was a heartbreaker, sure. Close game, sure. Has to be. But that was a damaging loss for their for their morale. To lose to a team that, quite frankly, you should be able to beat and maybe even beat pretty handily. That was a backbreaker for the Fire. And unfortunately, they just could not recover from there. Out of their ensuing nine matches, they were only able to win one. Potentially 27 points in the standings on offer over the course of that stretch. And unfortunately, they just couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. They did have a pretty nice late run of form. But unfortunately, it was too little too late. And again, the teams they were chasing just continued the pace that they were on. So the Fire have bright spots. Jordan Shakiri has been called up for, for another World Cup with Switzerland. He has certainly been a very nice find as a designated player. They may hurt a little bit on the back end now that Gagas Lanina, the promising young goalkeeper who some thought maybe had a chance at, at this U.S. World Cup roster as he has committed his future to the American team rather than the Polish team. And assuming that that continues, I, th I think he's probably going to be on the roster in 2026, barring anything unforeseen. Well, he's now been sold to Chelsea. And we'll see what impact he makes there. So the Fire are going to have their options in front of them. They're going to have to obviously find a new goalkeeper. Got to do a little bit better in defense. Got to be a little more potent up top. More talent around Shakiri is necessary. They're not far. I think the results this year showed that. But they're going to have to have a, a summer where they spend. And after a year where they, where they shelled out the money by MLS standards to go get Shardan Shakiri from Liverpool, or I believe he left Liverpool by then, they're going to have to do that again. Build a more consistent team. Sort of like their roommates, 
at Soldier Field who have a quarterback they can play, have a few decent pieces, a few really good pieces around him, I think. But maybe we could put an actual team around him. Or did I say that too loud? That's just my thought. That's just my thought. All thoughts and expressions in this episode and all other episodes of the Just for Kicks podcast are merely my own, but that's what I think. Speaking of the Just for Kicks podcast, if you've missed any episodes, Apple Podcast is the place to go. Go ahead and catch up on all of our previous episodes and be ready because that's where the next episode's going to show as well. Apple Podcasts, Just for Kicks, you can see our nice green logo there, very fluorescent. Certainly a favorite of mine, and you can see it there. Just give that a click. Give that a click, and then it's going to give you the rundown. Apple Podcasts, the place to go. Across the city, right? Outside city limits. Still playing more so in Bridgeview. The Chicago Red Stars. Now, they fared better. They fared better than the Chicago Fire did in terms of making the playoffs. Now, the NWSL, there's no conferences, not East and West, like we see in MLS. It is simply the best teams from an all-league, one table, go to the playoffs. And we talked about how they had some must-win games in previous episodes. Well, they were able to find some form when they needed it. They had late wins to get into the playoffs. Unfortunately for the fire, for the Red Stars, excuse me, they couldn't sustain it. They lost to San Diego Wave on the road 2-1, to one, and they were eliminated in the first round. But there's a very, very good foundation for them to build on. They're consistently in contention. And this is another year where they find themselves playing postseason soccer, the Red Stars. Well, now they have an opportunity to go even further. But as we look at what they did here, they got that they got that six seed, claiming the last playoff spot. It was close. By a mere point over North Carolina. By a mere point, they had to win big games down the stretch, including against North Carolina, against Louisville. And that's how they got themselves there. And they went toe-to-toe with one of the very best teams in the league, on the road. Something to be said for that. So I think with just a few more additions in the offseason, there's no reason to think that they can't go far in the NWSL playoffs. There's no reason to think that. There's no reason to think that for either of the Chicago teams. So that's that's their seasons. Their seasons done. Finuto. And now we go on past club. Let's see some international. Let's go back to what we were discussing. Because ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's out. The United States men's national team's roster for World Cup 2022 is out. And here it is in case you missed it. Goalkeepers. They have 26 players. They take three goalkeepers. Ethan Horvath, Sean Johnson, Matt Turner. Defenders. 
Cameron Carter-Vickers, Sergio Dest, Aaron Long, Shaq Moore, Tim Ream, Anthony Robinson, Joe Scali, DeAndre Yetlin, Walker Zimmerman, and I'm 100% just naming these off of memory, ladies and gentlemen. I definitely, I, I don't have the roster pulled up in front of me off of the USMNT Instagram page. I, 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 I don't have that in front of me. I'm just naming these off the top of my head. Photographic memory. I mean, it's, it's uncanny. It's uncanny. Of course. Of course I kid. Midfielders. Brendan Aronson, Kellen Acosta, Tyler Adams, Luca Della Torre, who could perhaps miss the first game, perhaps even two games. They take him. Weston McKinney, Eunice Musa, Christian Roldan. That has been a move that has certainly raised some eyebrows. We'll, 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 we'll talk a, a bit more about those sorts of moves. And then the forwards. Jesus Ferreira, Jordan Morris, Captain America himself, Wonder Boy, the face of the of the U.S. national team right now, Christian Pulisic, Gio Reyna, who becomes, I believe, I'd have to check this, but I believe the first son of a U.S. World Cup player to appear in a World Cup himself. His father, Claudio Reyna, captained the U.S. at one point. Josh Sargent, Timwaya Haji Wright are the others. So let's just go through this. It has been a painstaking process for the U.S. to find consistency at center forward. So who are they going to take up top? We're going to expect Pulisic to be more out on the wing. Reyna is going to be more out on the wing. Weah is going to be more out on the wing. It's a little bit interesting they have him listed as a forward, Tim Weah. He can be a midfielder, but I think this is mostly to try to get him more out there. Perhaps open up an opportunity, but we're going to look through the middle. Jesus Ferreira, Jordan Morris, Morris, excuse me, Josh Sargent, and Haji Wright. The U.S. number nine position has been like flavor of the month at an ice cream store. You know, it's 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 good on occasion, but consistency. Look, you know, just keep it simple for me. I I. I like my mint chocolate chip. I don't need sprinkles and, and, and chocolate fudge on it. I, I And I don't need the flavor of, of the week, the month. I, I, I just want something I can rely on. Well, this is the birthday cake flavor of World Cup forward lines. And I apologize for those who are fans of birthday cake ice cream. Jesus Ferreira has been an interesting case. He scored in the match against Panama. His, his form has not always been there for the national team. He's in the good graces of, of Greg Berhalter. But he's going to get another shot. And I, I'd imagine he probably starts, to be fair. Then Jordan Morris. Now, I go against the grain with a lot of people on this one. I think this is actually a decent call-up. Would I have called him up ahead of Jordan Pifok or um, Ricardo Pepe? I don't know about that one. But he's an experienced guy, physical, burly guy, who, to be fair, a lot of people are talking about his form of qualifying. He missed most of the qualifiers due to an injury. Scored in the Nations League on the absolute cow pasture that the U.S. played on. I believe it was against El Salvador. 
So Morris, he gets the call up. If he stays healthy, I think he could contribute. I think he could be a really good contributor. Josh Sargent, and I almost have to say his name somewhat phonetically because it's, it's always been difficult for me to say his name in full for whatever reason. But Josh has been a, an extremely interesting case for the U.S. men's national team. He was seen as somewhat the, you know, the heir apparent when it came to forwards, but he just has never really quite shown it with the national team. And Berhalter lost faith in him. He wasn't getting called up for a while. He's been tearing it up the last few years with Norwich City, who went down again, were relegated back to the championship. But Sargent's been doing very well, so I'm not surprised he's included here. It's just a matter of who you start. I think in terms of competition that he's accustomed to facing, Sargent should be the starting number nine. I think Ferreira will ultimately start, though, as he's got the most experience playing with this group, at least recently. The midfielders now. That starting midfield line, you presumably are going to have Weston McKinney, Tyler Adams... I'm a bit interested that Brendan Aronson's listed as a midfielder on this roster. Maybe he lines up more up top. But McKinney, Adams, and then either Delatore or Musa, most likely Musa, would start in there somewhere. And this is all largely going to depend on what all formation they go with. It's as good a midfield as there could be, as perhaps the U.S. has ever had. Brandon Aronson and Tyler Adams right now are both doing extremely well for Leeds United States of America. Luca Della Torre, if he can get healthy again, he was huge in the qualifiers. And I think Weston McKinney is the U.S.'s most important player. Christian Pulisic's the best player on the team. McKinney's the most important player. And Eunice Musa was outstanding in Nations League games, especially in that game against El Salvador. He can control a midfield. A lot of people talk about Christian Roldan. I don't think Roldan sees the field very much. So for that negativity that's out there. And they have Kellen Acosta, who I'd feel very comfortable with personally if he gets out there. He's he's drawn a lot of flack. But he, he, is, he has provided some nice performances in recent years for the national team. Not always consistently, but he can do it. Defenders. Now this is where it just gets unfortunate for the U.S. Chris Richards, who I think will be a starting center back in 2026 sustained an injury he misses out Cameron Carter Vickers has been in and out of the national team and he gets called in I think we could have a John Brooks sort of scenario where a defender that maybe wasn't expected to be a part of it could have a pretty big impact on the tournament speaking of Brooks I, I flat out disagree with the fact he's not on this team he, he should be there he's got the experience so that's Cameron Carter-Vickers that makes it as a center back. Serginio Dest was a lock as long as he was healthy. Aaron Long scares me a little. I'm not as negative about him as others are, but watching some of his passes in the last few friendlies, he scares me a little, playing the ball out of the back. Shaq Moore, doubt we'll see him play too much. Tim Ream's been having an outstanding season at Fulham. Joe Scully's a prospect. He's 19. 
This is, by the way, so far the youngest average team in the tournament. Or at least it's projected to be anyway. They're the youngest team to ever go to the World Cup for the United States. Scali's 19. Yedlin's the only one that has international experience. He was a lock. He very well could start. Walker Zimmerman is supposed to basically marshal that back line. So injuries, again, I disagree with the fact John Brooks didn't get called up. I think he should have, but it's not a stunner. He hasn't been called up in a while. So the defenders, I think, are fine. Goalkeepers, look, I I think we're past the point where he said that Matt Turner was in any kind of starting battle. He's the starter. There's there's no question about it. Now, there's zero question. Ethan Horvath, Sean Johnson, the other two spots. Zach Steffen, who in this outstanding lineage of American goalkeepers was supposed to be the next in line. He was supposed to be in contention to start. He has been left off the roster. No word yet as to why. And, and not, not to say that there needs to be. I don't think he was going to start anyway. I think Turner had earned that job. But that is stunning. I, I could not believe it a few nights ago when I saw that leaked. I thought that that was just misleading. But as it turns out, that was very true. It was very true that Zach Steffen would not be on the roster, and, and I, I, I need to hear why. Because that, that doesn't make sense to me. But this is a strong team. They can do something. They can get out of this group. I'm confident in that. Will they? I think they will. I think we'll go to the round of 16, but not get much further. But look, it's a team that can compete. And by the way, folks, it's a young team, almost as if, almost as if we host the World Cup in four years' time. Almost as if U.S. soccer is looking to that. Just keep that in mind. Just keep that in mind as you're hopefully in the vicinity of downtown to watch the matches, or wherever you may be watching. Because again, Fort Wayne FC is going to put on quite the show. And I hope you found this to be quite the show. Rambled on a little bit there at the end. And for that, I do apologize. Hopefully you found this inter- entertaining. And hopefully hopefully you give us another episode. We're just going to keep stacking the, stacking the day, stacking the episodes. That's what they call it. That's what I'm going to call it, at least. So, after the rambling is over, this has been my TED Talk. No, that's, that's a different platform. This has been the episode of Just for Kicks that... Hopefully what's the appetite a little bit for what's to come over the next six weeks or so. So we got so much more coming. You stay tuned. Expect another episode here very soon. But I'm going to sign off for right now. I'm Matthew Klingenberger. Signing off here for Just for Kicks and spread a little positivity today. Because in our world right now, we definitely need it. Have a great day, everyone.